Hello guys and welcome to another episode of Content and Caffeine. Very glad you could join me. This week I was joined by, and it's going to take some some doing here for me because um, this guest name is not the easiest one to pronounce, so I apologise in advance. Lucas Gemeinhardt. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm probably butchering your name. Lucas, if you are listening to this, I apologise, but that's how I'm going to say it. Lucas Gemeinhardt is the co-founder at Meme Team Marketing. You could probably guess from his uh, the name of his agency, Meme Team Marketing, that we're going to be talking about memes in this podcast. Uh, me and Lucas, we just casually chat about you know how B2B brands can sort of bring about their personality a little bit more in their content. We speak about using memes, culture, uh, GIFs in content. Uh, we speak about uh, TikTok, Reddit a little bit even. Uh, so lots of you know pieces of information here that a B2B brand may find interesting, some insights they might find interesting uh, pertaining to just sort of you know, breaking out of the mold a little bit and standing out a little bit from the crowd by being a bit more casual with their content or at least finding spaces in their strategy to be casual. Uh, it may not work for all assets and things and all platforms, but I think there's space for it and I think it should be explored. So don't let me stop you jumping into this one. Enjoy it and you'll hear from me again very, very soon. Okay, so Lucas, if we were, I know you're in New York right now, so if we were in New York together uh, and we were at a coffee shop, what would you be ordering? Ooh, it's a good question. So I don't actually have a specific coffee order every time. I switch it up a lot. But uh, today it's pretty hot out. Um, I'd probably go with just a black iced coffee, maybe a little bit of sugar, nice. something to keep me cool. How about yourself? Nice, what do you drink? Um, you know, again, it changes depending on like the weather and this kind of thing. Like I saw something on Instagram yesterday. Um, it's, an, it's an affogato where it's like an ice cream scoop with the shot of coffee on top of it. Oh, I really? Think it's affogato. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've never had one, but <laughs> I want one now. So if, yeah. I was a, if I was somewhere now, I'd order that. That, that looks great. And yeah. It's very hot in London right now, so Ugh. I need it. I think it's funny how people keep trying to add desserts onto breakfast. You know, you got your waffles <laughs> yeah. and your pancakes and, you know, let's just add ice cream into coffee now. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the thing is, I'll, I'll, I'll stop you there because, yeah. because that is an American thing, right? I don't oh, know if yeah, true. I don't know if you're originally American. Your, your name, I am. You, you may not be. Okay, you are. But yeah, that's, this is, I actually, again, uh, two weeks ago, I had um, pancakes for breakfast, right? And it's an American-inspired breakfast yeah. at a, a local a local cafe that we go to and it was very nice like I liked the whole you know pancakes with maple syrup and stuff but like just it was very nice as a one-off like I will not do that every single morning yeah <laughs> but I think a lot of Americans definitely. do like the pancakes every morning right like it, that's crazy to me yeah. yeah I mean it really depends because it's not a lifestyle you can keep up but I yeah. think it's more so like how it's portrayed in media too like you know the classic the classic breakfast movie scene it's you have a huge mm -hmm. spread and there's yeah. tons of fruit and, and there's always pancakes so i think that's how it got adopted yeah probably probably hopefully our listeners are not you know eating four pancakes with maple syrup <laughs> every, every single day yeah. but if you are then hey i respect it what can you, what yeah can you more say? to you exactly that okay so meme team marketing yep that's your you're the co-founder of meme team marketing correct um, the name suggests a few things but why don't you tell us uh, about meme team marketing what you guys do uh, the kind of clients you serve yeah so meme team marketing was founded uh earlier this year actually this is our first it'll be our six month mark uh now mm -hmm. and what we do is uh we serve any client uh, who focuses on gen z specifically and so okay. I'll back up a little bit because when people think of memes, they think of like silly, absurd, funny images online. Mm -hmm. Maybe think of Instagram or Reddit accounts. But the idea of memes 
broader than that. And so the term meme comes from a book written in the 80s by Richard Dawkins, and what he was aiming to do with that word was take the connotations of gene and how genes develop in the genealogy, so you know, like just basic evolutionary adaptation, and take that and apply it to cultural phenomena. And so anything that happens culturally could be a song, a video, an image. Um, he makes a point that they're all under the same constraints um, as genes are just culturally. And so it's not just like funny and absurd images, it's the idea that um, content is adapted to the environment it's in, which is digital now. And so a point I consistently make to our clients is that, um, well, all things in marketing are trending towards digital. I think this was the first year actually where digital outspent TV advertising at something really? like 130 billion dollars. Yeah. It's about time. It's about time, right? It's I know. It feels it well, it feels late cuz I've been in digital throughout all my development, but I guess on yeah. a, on a large scale it's kind of kind of abrupt. But yeah, so the point being that like digital is very significantly different from all other traditional types of advertising and there are things you should do to structure your media for digital. And so take the idea that like the community helps evolve these cultural phenomena and apply that to the media you're producing. And so um, what that comes down to is, you know, just make content people want to watch instead of content that sells super hard. And, and that's kind of the general idea. Yeah. And, you know, ironically, most, a lot of the time, especially if you are a, a B2C company anyway, but even B2B, which we'll come to, that, that does sometimes translate into, you know, silly, silly images, silly videos, Absolutely. that kind of thing. Yeah. And, there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think I want to spend this episode talking about the fact that there's nothing wrong with using that in your marketing, um, you know, even if you are a B2B company, which we'll come to. But yeah. you mentioned something interesting there, uh, Gen, Gen Z marketing, which you guys in America, you call it Gen Z, we call it Gen Z, uh, this side okay. of the pond, but same, same people. Um, yep. how, how does that differ to you know normal digital marketing and how do how does generation Z uh, differ to Millennials for example because we just got to grips with Millennials so I know right you got a new generation every generation yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. anyway so Gen Z or Gen Z is the first generation to have digital media social media through their like puberty development process and so I think I'm like the very first Gen Z, because I was born in 95, and I think that's like the cutoff, 95 or 96, for all Gen Z people. And so I had social media in middle school, and having social media as a child through your development, because I mean, I'm sure you've seen around now, kids two and three years old are better at using social media and their phones than most adults are. I mean, I was on the subway yeah. earlier today, and there was a I saw, I mean, it must have been two or three years old. This kid was navigating their phone just as fluidly <laughs> as I am. As, yeah. I mean, two or th so, so, like, it's scary. Take that I, it's, it's a little bit scary because it's so yeah. much different than what we're used to. But yeah. it's so, it's like, it's the first digitally native generation mm -hmm. because, like, it, it really is important that they have it in their development because it's like more so than just being something you get later on, it's something that you develop with through yeah. time it's a part of you it's like an extension of you um and so knowing that is like you so a problem i see with most digital advertising today is that it's basically taking the ideas from tv advertising and applying it to digital advertising and for a generation that grew that grew up on digital this feels very abrasive because it does not fit the medium 
And so digital is very social, it's social media, it's designed to facilitate social interactions. And so when a brand comes on, comes online on social media and says, you know, like buy my shit, they're screaming advertisements at you. I think my favorite example yeah. is like the used car ads. I think those are hilarious because- Oh yeah. They, um, <laughs> yeah, because they're just so abrupt, so aggressive. And you put that, like if you take that idea and put it on social media, it's so obviously foreign that like literally kids and people online have learned to ignore that, like literally yeah. filter it out. Yeah, so. I think I think the the very key thing here, right, is that in a TV environment, you can you, you're allowed to be, even though it's not, um, even though we're trending away from that as well, even in TV, you're allowed to be a bit more aggressive, more abrupt, because the person doesn't want to leave the channel. Okay, they're watching something, they don't want to leave because their ch their their show is coming up or their sports thing is coming up now, so they're kind of forced to watch whatever you put in front of them. Whereas online. The total opposite is true, where our our attention is fragmented across Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Reddit, everything. Uh, and those are just social media. Forget like you know uh, other niche websites that people are going to visit, uh, browsing their shopping shopping carts or whatever. So you know you absolutely need to give content, give people content that they genuinely want to watch, not just that they will put up with looking at because they're doing something else. And um, I think it's a very key um, like turning point in in like marketing where we, we've turned away now from you know our audience will put up with this to we have to impress our audience. Right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, the power has really shifted back to the consumer because now they have the power. Like you said, you can open another tab or go to a different app on your phone with little to no effort. And so I think it's good to recall back to, uh, I don't know, it was like five, ten years ago maybe, where a show was airing at a certain time, and if you didn't sit down in front of the TV at that time, you missed the show. And so yeah. that really shows how the power is in the TV, is in the corporations who are showing the content. And now on digital, you put something out there, it exists forever and always, indefinitely. And it's available at any time. And so, like, you... The, the media producers like do not have control over when the audience gets to view it now. And so, like, like you mentioned, hugely important. Yeah, that's so true, that is so true. I just want to mention, because you, uh, you mentioned that you were born in, in 95, which makes you officially the, not just the youngest guest we've ever had, nice. you're, the, you're the first guest that's younger than me. Which oh, is really? Because I was born in 92. Okay. And, uh, that's that, that's relatively young for 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 my industry, which is like uh, uh, the software space and you know uh, helping software companies and SaaS companies with their marketing. So I'm, I'm usually the the youngest guy in the room, yeah. but it's refreshing that you're younger <laughs> than me. So yeah, you'll get a medal for that in the post, probably. Cool. Not. You won't, nice. You won't, get anything. you won't get anything, but yeah, just enjoy that that fact. <laughs> moving on to um, moving on to B2B companies. So obviously for me. Uh, I'm mostly dealing with, like I said just before, SaaS companies, software companies who are generally speaking to businesses rather than consumers. So when it comes to using, you know, again, memes, um, what is, you know, or, or even content that's not necessarily a meme, but, you know, it's something that is more, how can we say it, more sort of socially casual, you yes. know, more casual content. Anything how, shareable. How, how can a B2B company... Yeah, shareable content, something that's maybe poised to go viral. Even though I want to, you know, I don't really want to sort of go down that avenue. But you know, yeah. you, know you get the picture. You get the picture. So, how can a B two B company um, do that tastefully without sort of compromising their their brand values? 
Yeah, it's a little bit different for B2B because most of the work I do is B2C, but at the end of the day, you're still trying to reach people and the people in the other business you're trying to reach are also finding you online. And so they're gonna be online just as much as everyone else is online. And so despite that they're shopping as a business, I think it's still important to recognize that you are a person speaking to another person. And so in your communications, um, for any communications, I think it's helpful to think of, uh, so I heard this in another podcast actually, it's about how to write good copy. And so copy is, I mean, I'm sure your listeners know. Um, and so a tip for writing any copy for if it's an ad or if it's an email or if it's a blog, um, write it down and then literally sit across from someone and read it to them. And if it sounds awkward and forced, then it's not gonna be good copy. And so that applies mm-hmm. to whether you're writing from B2C or B2B. I think it's really important to recognize that you just like speak socially, speak casually, because anything hard sell online will get ignored. And so in terms of using, you know, like we mentioned memes, I think what you can do is still, so make content that looks native to social media. Cause if you're trying to do B2B advertising yeah. on LinkedIn per se, you want to design your media to look like it fits with the rest of the content on the social media. And even though LinkedIn is the professional social media, it still is social. And so your content, your communication should should still be social oriented. That, and like you mentioned before, like just provide useful information. And so uh, like the counterside to the buyers, the consumers, the users having more power online now is that they will come find you when they're ready. Your job is just to inform them what you do and give them useful information because when they're ready, like they'll come find you. And so if you're pushing them to like, you know, click here, buy now, do this now, go to my webinar now, whatever it is, they're going to feel forced to do something. And I don't know about you, but if someone tells me to do something, I'm more than likely to not want to do it because I was told to do it. Now that now that is Gen Z. Now that is Gen Z. I know it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's it's so it's so crucial. What you just everything you just said, I agree with so much because, um, again, traditionally B two B marketing is like you know we're talking to a brand, we're talking to a logo, and we produce produces content. But today, and it's always been the case, but today more so that these brands are made up of people who are just browsing the web just like you and me. Okay, so they're, they're, a B2B brand is basically made up of lots of B2C elements that have just been joined together by a logo. But you can talk to those individual people as well. Okay, so you can have your, you can have your webinars that you, know, you're, you're, you will send to the, your, uh, your accounts, the accounts you want to land. You can do that. But at the same time, staying top of mind with these, with these companies is all about talking to those individuals. So it's all about putting you know, that uh, extra tweet out there, uh, an extra LinkedIn. Um, again, if it's going to be a meme, then fantastic. Or anything else like that that's, that's casual. That, you know, it's the kind of thing that you say, this, this, is, this, kind of, this, this content we're putting out is probably not going to get us a lead today. It's not going to get us a lead. This this funny image or this captioned image or, you know, this video that we recorded in the office or this quick selfie video that the CEO put together in, in 30 seconds is probably not going to get us a client today. But what it will do is it will keep you top of mind of the free executives in the company that you want to land next year or that they will they will consider your company next year because they, they come to that point in their business. So that's the kind of content we're talking about here. Of course, do your webinars, do your, you know, your, exe- your executive, uh, uh, executive, 
creative, directed, and focused content that's like high level and, and is professional. That's that's the foundation of a B two B content marketing strategy. But these, you know, the the extra stuff that you can throw in that you can sort of, you know, have as like the the, the glue in between that those large chunks of content. That's the kind of stuff that's going to keep you top of mind, right? For for those executives that will, again, as as Lucas said, when they're ready, they'll come to you. That's a great point. Is that you want the balance of content, and so especially for B two B. Like when I mentioned earlier, they'll come find you. You want content that's professional, informative. It doesn't have to be, you know, meme in air quotes, which is like joking and absurd yeah. or whatever else. It, so you want like actually useful, professional, informative content online because when they want to find something informative, sometimes humor can be the wrong medium to communicate in. But also, you want the other kind of content that is funny and engaging, is something that you'll share with your friends because. Um, it'll show like you're also a person which is ultimately what your goal is when you're selling anything online is to really make that person to person connection because it's so much easier for anybody on social to connect to speak with someone who they well because as a brand you're acting as a person but as long as you can be as long as you're seen as a person interacting from your brand i think that's the goal yeah i mean pivoting slightly uh, to sort of softening, so, I like to call it like softening, softening hard content, right? Because I, I used to work with a client who um, won't mention names, but they were a an e-commerce uh, software company, software vendor, relatively relatively small in comparison to some of the other clients we work with, but you know, decent decent brand, and they were targeting very small companies, so you know, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small small businesses that had something to sell. So they were targeting small small companies. It wasn't like executive co- content, but their content was built around you know how to grow an e-commerce website, how to grow an e-commerce brand, how to do you know product marketing uh, professionally, all this kind of stuff that is generally speaking kind of kind of boring content. You know, it's the kind of content that's gonna you know get the attention of somebody who's trying to build a business, but it's not necessarily like entertaining. So that client, uh, we we actually helped them put that content together with gifs, a lot of gifs in there, not too many, but a healthy amount. And uh, again, not not BuzzFeed style stuff. So it's not, it wasn't like you know absolutely flooded with you know cringy uh, sort of uh, gifs. But there was you know every few paragraphs would have you know uh, a relevant gif that just sort of added a little dimension. You know nothing, nothing again nothing cringy, nothing inappropriate. Just a very little casual you know whatever it may have been a movie quote or a little cutscene from a movie. Something that was added added some 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 uh, some humor into the content that was otherwise a little bit bland. What do you think of that kind of tactic? Do you think that can work for most companies? Do you think there's got to be like that kind of, you know, casualness to the company already for them to sort of start doing that? What do you think of that? I think, well, like with any case, it depends. But in general, I would say um, just like this whole proliferation of meme style content online has has made people's attention much shorter, I think, in general. And so the fact that like you're providing eye-catching content mixed in with the other content is, I would guess, effective because when people are reading, like you mentioned, potentially boring, uninteresting things, mixing in little pieces of content that grab your attention where you spend it in your free time, like on social media, can like draw them back into it. And especially if it ties into the communication that you're trying to pass through, it can further link the boring things with the interesting things and be like a visual cue for the info that you're trying to communicate. And so, in general, I think the strategy makes sense because uh, it's like you're you're reeling in their attention again. But in talking to people, I usually get the example where it's like, 
people think that big banks like shouldn't use any kind of interesting content because the concepts and the company just seem very boring as a whole. Yeah. But I really appreciate if these big banks who are kind of like they're very museum-esque where like you don't interact with them. They're just an entity that you look at. Um, I would really appreciate if they facilitated more interaction with their brand because it would help to humanize them and help to do like less yeah. of the demonification that can sometimes happen to the finance industry. And so if they're willing to like step off the podium and interact with the people that they um, like that they serve, I think it'd be very effective in making them more approachable, making them more liked as a whole. And then, you know, like if I saw a brand use a meme on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever it was, um, I think that would go a long ways in making yeah. them more accessible. I totally agree. And I think, you know, my audience, which is mostly, again, software and SaaS, SaaS companies, they can take from that, you know, when there's a company, when there's, a, when there's an industry that's generally speaking not involved in like the social conversations in this way, taking that step could really not just not just make you stand out but it'll give you a personality or personify you definitely it'll, it'll allow it'll allow you to define your personality rather than just being clumped with all the rest of the people in your industry which again in the software space SaaS space relatively boring relatively one-dimensional you know you're just there to produce software and, and shut up basically but if you can actually redefine that and say look you know we can actually get involved in in conversations and be and be part of your entertainment online then i think that gives you a whole new dimension absolutely cool so are you ready for our quick fire round, Lucas? Oh, sure. Let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's jump straight into it. So what is your favorite social network right now and why? I use Reddit. I think it is the best. Uh, it takes the best aspects of all different other social medias and combines it into one. And also the community on Reddit is uh, much more engaging and uh, informative and helpful. So like, for example, you have all the meme style content. Uh, you have like the subreddit r slash dank memes or r slash memes to get the funny stuff like you would on mm -hmm. Instagram. And then you also have uh, tons of other subreddits that like you have subreddit for relationship advice or subreddit mm -hmm. for tax advice. And so, for example, when I was first founding this company, I had some specific tax questions mm -hmm. and I went on to r slash personal finance and asked like a very specific question. And I had like 10, 15 comments, all like informational, giving me assistance and pointing me in directions for how to go like find and solve and execute on this question I was asking. Yeah. And so there's so many different subreddits and oftentimes the people in those subreddits are more than helpful, more than wanting to, to contribute, to provide you information or help in whatever way it would be. And so, I think they have, well, I saw an article yesterday and they have the longest uh, like hold time for a social media account. Like per open, they have people on for like six minutes on average. And okay, I think that they just lost though to TikTok. Have you heard of TikTok I before? Have, I have, yeah. yeah it's tw Twitter based, uh, like basically, well, how would you describe it? It's like a- Yeah, so it's like lip syncing videos, but it's, yeah. it's turned into something else entirely. But the basis was, you like lip sync over a video and there's like trends you can do now or challenges but the basic idea is there's a piece of audio that you then take a video to yourself doing so it's like lip syncing or like video syncing i yeah. guess I, I think most people have got like they have this image now that they've seen it happen but they didn't realize it was from tiktok so tiktok is the actual yeah. app where you actually go and you you can find all the different like things to lip sync to, uh, against but yeah, yeah again that's definitely like um is that that's not that's like is that Gen Z? That's suppose that is yeah that is that is a Gen Z population. Uh, like Definitely the, uh, even younger. Right? Like yeah, most people like, on it, thinking, very young. 
is there like is there the, the next generation under that probably is even better for them but yeah, yeah. Uh, reddit is reddit is amazing i think i spoke about reddit a couple of episodes back now um and that how it's basically turning into my favorite social network too above twitter twitter used to be the one place i'd go to find news and information and entertainment and just funny stuff but now reddit has just taken over and yeah. i think if i looked at my phone to see which app had um you know the most the most opens and the most time spent i think reddit is is, is winning right now because Definitely. yeah you, you mentioned a few subreddits there that that are really really interesting really really cool and yeah the community feeling is definitely there so i think and i, and I have a video on youtube about reddit and how it could be the new it was something like facebook and twitter need to watch watch out for reddit or something like yeah. that a couple of years ago now and this is when they started first doing like um they released some profile features, whereas before on Reddit you were pretty much anonymous most of the time. Definitely. But now you can actually have like a proper profile, so people can build a brand on Reddit basically, or, or build like you know some sort of profile up anyway. So yeah, Reddit is definitely one to watch if you're not watching it already. As for the next question, whose content do you consume the most right now? Uh, that could be anybody from you know podcaster, author, Instagrammer. Oh, <laughs> so. So I've been binge watching the Eric Andre show and Nathan for you as of recently. Um, no idea who they are. <laughs> oh, really? So yeah. Uh, Nathan for you is it's a uh, he is a consultant for small businesses, but everything okay. he does is like out of the box consulting advice, and okay. it's one of my favorite shows because it's just it's it's so engaging and there's like this other aspect of realness to it that you really don't get with other shows because he is interacting with real businesses and and i think it's well it's orange county la based and so maybe that's why you haven't heard of it but it's pretty popular now i think it's on its fourth season or so um i think it's really well done and their finale was arguably one of my like favorite hour two hours of content that i've ever watched and so if you haven't seen that i would definitely check it out Eric Andre is, oh man, um, it's just like, so it, it takes the idea of an interview show, like, you know, like late night show, interview style, and pushes it to, like, just to be the worst possible interview <laughs> it could be. I mean, like, the okay. goal is literally to be as aggressive and abrupt and and uncomfortable as possible, and it's, like, mixed in with skit comedy, but... Like definitely, it. I liked it initially because I was so so uncomfortable at first, and then it kind of grows on you the more I watched it. But it's just it's so out of the ordinary. It's so different from than what's expected. I think that's why I appreciated it. Fair enough. And so it's definitely think, not informative in any way, but yeah, it's entertaining to say the least. I think, I think I'll definitely check out uh, Nathan for you. Yeah, uh, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, finally, what is your one tip for content marketers today? One tip. So, uh, make content that you would want to watch. I think is the best way to summarize it in one sentence, because so much of the time when I'm writing content, I notice myself trying to sell, and I can, f- and I almost feel like myself get into a mood or a, a vibe where it's I notice myself like. I'm not sure what it is, but I start writing differently. I start interacting differently. I can tell that I'm like acting as a used car salesman, and so I have to like pause, bring yeah. myself back, rethink what I'm doing, um, and so and then try to restructure to be like, would I want to watch this commercial? Would I mm. want to read this blog? Would I like want to interact with this picture? I mean, so I think that's always helpful is to 
bring it back to think of you are interacting with another person and that's the end goal golden golden advice golden advice cool lucas thanks so much for coming on the show how can listeners find you online yes so we are online all over the place our website is memeteammarketing.com we are on all the different social medias under the memosphere and how you find that is it's the underscore meme m-e-m-e and then osphere like and the memosphere is just like all the environment anything related to memes um and let's see or i mean if you want to talk to us like if you send me a message on instagram or twitter or, or even go find me on linkedin uh, like I'll definitely reply to you, talk to you. That's why I'm doing this. I love talking to people into advertising and digital marketing, whatever it is. I'm a person. Come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. Cool. Fantastic. Lucas, thanks so much for coming on the show and I hope to have you on again sometime. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Guys, thank you for listening to Content and Caffeine. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to share it with your friends and your colleagues and please remember to rate and review us on iTunes or whichever app you're listening to us on. If you're looking for show notes, head over to wordify.co forward slash podcast, and I'll see you again next week.